0: take their soul to the next level and I've been able to partner with Mind Valley to present you guys with a ton of free master classes between 60 and 90 minutes covering mind, body, soul, relationships and conscious entrepreneurship. Some of these master classes are taught by spiritual masters, relationship experts, best-selling authors, legends in the personal growth and spirituality space and so much more. So if you want to sign up for any of our free mind, body, and soul masterclasses, just head over to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Jeanette Biro, and Jeanette shares her journey as a near-death experiencer as well as a channel and medium, and we have a wonderful conversation about her, her journey, how people around her reacted once she came out of the closet, if you will, the spiritual closet, and how she's trying to help the world become a better place, so let's dive in. <laughs> I'd like to welcome to the show, Jeanette Barrow. How are you doing, Jeanette?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to talk to you about what you do, how you do it, uh, the messages that are coming through you, and uh, all the good stuff that we're going to get into. So my first question is, how was your life prior to you fully embracing your abilities? Because from what I understand, you've had these on and off since you were basically a child, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: you didn't embrace them right away uh, or tell me the story.
1: Yeah. So I embraced my mediumship abilities. It was around the age of 20 is when I was like, okay, we're going to figure this out. But up until then, like I can go back to the age of five, uh, feeling people in my room. I knew there were invisible people in my room. But I didn't have like a family line of mediums or that grandmother, that wise grandmother who would sage the house or something. I didn't have that. And um, so I, I didn't have this reference point. I had no reference point for what was happening. And I couldn't explain why I just knew, but I would go to bed at night and, and know there was people standing around me and I'd have the covers over my head. And so much of my early years with this gift was actually very scary because I didn't understand it. Right. And then, you know, as I got older, I communicated with my grandmother after she passed. But in my mind, I was like, that was just a dream. Tried to logic it all away. And then I started hearing spirit and the ways that you hear spirit isn't always audibly. Right. It's not always like an external voice. Sometimes it's a voice in your mind. Sometimes it's your own voice in your mind, but not your thought. And so to try and discern all that, when again, you don't have a reference point led me into a ton of anxiety when I was 17. And so I say that because underneath all of that, or on top of all of that, I was like a normal kid doing sports and school and plays and everything. But I had this, this like bubbling, uh, scary aspect to my life that I wanted to understand, but didn't know where to go to understand it. And so it was around the age of 20 ish, mid 20, early 20s, that finally one of my guides actually was standing down the end of the hallway and I was in the house by myself I was folding laundry and, you know, there's always this kind of like prickly or bubbly sensation when they come near. And now I really love that feeling. But when I was younger, it would, you know, give me the eebie-jeebies and that feeling came on. Then I heard this voice at the end of the hall, this big, like firm, masculine voice saying Jeanette look down the hall. And I mean, you can imagine, I kind of yelled every profanity I could think of out of terror. And he was like, Jeanette, look down the hall, right? And so I remember turning my head so slowly to see who was there. And it was actually my, what I've come to know now is my lifetime guide standing there. And um, he, it was essentially like, now's your time to actually get into this, okay? And the thing that changed it for me was that my cat at the time was sitting there, staring up at him, looking at him with her tail, kind of wagging, you know, when it like wags back and forth. And I knew in that moment that she saw him and I saw him. And it just, it was this piece that validated me being ready to dive into actually learning this instead of running from it. So that was a big change maker for me. So like you said, like I always kind of knew there was stuff, but I kind of avoided it, tried to be so normal if I could put it that way. And then after that experience, I was just like, okay, we're going to dive in and see what this means. And, uh, it led me to, um, embracing my gift as a medium. And I worked, uh, it was all through just kind of word of mouth that spread. And I was busy doing mediumship readings for about a decade. Um, and then had a near-death experience and then that further opened it. So like, it's been these compounding experiences one on top of the other that has brought me to where I am today talking to you.
0: So we're going to definitely get into your near-death experience in a little bit, uh, but I have to ask, so when you decided to dive in at 20, mm-hmm. I imagined that not everybody around you was like, oh, you're, you're a medium now. Fantastic. This is great. We accept you 110%. Uh, I'm assuming that wasn't the case. How did you deal with that psychologically like just not your friends i'm not maybe your family just didn't accept because i'm assuming when you came out as a medium did you come out fully did you do it quietly for a little while you know it's kind of like a closeted medium.
1: (laughs) well really yeah because i mean even back then to now now it's so much more open but even back then which wasn't that long ago, but (laughs) (laughs) come on, let's be real. It wasn't that long ago, Um, but it wasn't as accepted or as talked about as it is now. And so, you know, I did talk to my family very bluntly. I was like, listen, guys, I am seeing deceased people and spirits. Um, I talked to them and I realized I always have been feeling them. So I'm exploring this. And so it's kind of like, no one was like don't do this or anything like that but it was kind of like all right Jeanette sure you know kind of like we'll see because again like I didn't grow up in a line of mediums where it was like oh welcome to the club or something like that it's just it was kind of like an unknown but it so it was like yet to be seen I guess and the more that they saw you know I would say something and then it would happen or I would validate something that I couldn't have known that maybe occurred before I was born, things like that. Once enough of those things happened, then it was more accepted. But like you said, that closeted medium, um, I was willing to share it with kind of certain people and it kind of just grew by word of mouth. So for the first 10 years of doing my mediumship work, it was all just word of mouth. I didn't really advertise. I didn't, I didn't have my website. I didn't, you know, it just kind of spread that way. And, um, and I was happy with that. I was like, yeah, this is good. And, you know, I'm doing my thing, but it was after my NDE that my guys were like, so if you're going back, you know, you got to actually step up and like really share this. And I was like, yeah, I get it now for sure. I'm in. So it was just kind of this neat evolution, but it, it did take time. But the driving force behind it for me was that I have always had this strong undercurrent if i could call it or like purpose within that when it's pushing me in a direction i have to go in that direction because if i try to go against it it's just Hmm. it's a non-starter i I just can't go against it and so that's i think what just kept pushing me through to stand in my truth and keep going
0: so let me ask you because you you obviously have uh connections or abilities to be able to talk to To your spirit guides and to people on the other side and have a much grander understanding of what's going on, not only for other people, but for yourself in general, your own life mission, your own, uh, you know, your own blueprint, if you will, that you kind of your soul journey of, of this life. Is there during all of that, is there an understanding of why you were given these gifts at this time? And that you are, you know, because not everyone gets them, obviously. So, why mm. you and why this moment in this life? Did you did you get that under that understanding somewhere along the line?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. So, what I've come to understand is there have been many lifetimes leading to this one, to first of all give me the resilience to keep going, mm. uh, to give me the framework of past life understandings that, when ignited, would just come back in memory or knowing. It's kind of like, you know, when you say you try a new sport and you realize you're really amazing, right? You're like, wow, look how good I am at golfing. And this is my second time golfing, right? It's like, oh, you probably did that in a past life or something like that. Right. So
2: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Um, what I heard from my guides is that there was much preparation for this lifetime. And essentially being here now and everyone that does have these open gifts or open awareness to their purpose right now is so specific to the massive change that we're going through in the world. Like we're in massive rapid ascension, right? My guide said from the year 2020 to 2024, it's about a hundred years worth of intellectual and spiritual awakening condensed into four years right? So there are many souls here at this time, opening and finding this like thing that's pushing them to do more to help to ascend to awaken, just like you are doing your thing, right? Like you're living your purpose. So um, I feel it's very timely in conjunction to everybody else that's here at this time.
0: It's fantastic. Now, when you when you first channeled, was it before or after your near death experience?
1: Uh, I started channeling a little bit before I okay. did. Um, but I, I kind of kept that on the down low. Like there's these phases really? with me, <laughs> right? I mean,
0: you're a medium already at this point. I think channeling is not that grand of a step. You could have just said, Oh, by the way, I also channel now. I mean, it's not,
1: <laughs> I know you would think so. Right. But right? I was like, Oh no, like that's going a step further. No, it's too funny too, yeah, too much. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had channeled before, but I'm more comfortable now channeling because I really understand kind of the difference between the two and how it works and who I will channel. And like, I, I wouldn't just channel any spirit, right? Cause it's a much, um, tighter bond of energy to allow someone to channel through
0: Right. So, so let me ask you this, cause I always love asking channels this when you first channeled, how'd it feel? <laughs> like did you did you did you just, did it just happen? Were you just you know, you're making breakfast and all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, oh, someone's here and now I you know, do you know what's going on when you channel? Uh meaning like do you hear what's going on? Or are you just pushed to the side and then afterwards you're like, what happened? Like, what was that first time like?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny. So um I was very comfortable again, at this point doing mediumship. So mediumship to me, again, everyone's different, but to me, I'm like a translator or an interpreter, right? So I hear spirit, I interpret it and I share it with the person. So I'm like that middle person, right? So there's more consciousness that's going on of me being a part of the conversation. Whereas channeling is where, like you said, I move more out of the way. So I'm like, say three quarters pushed out in a way, not pushed out, I step out kind of, but I'm still connected, but I'm hearing it come through me and into my voice audibly at the same time as somebody else. I'm not hearing it before and translating it. It's it's coming direct through me. And so the first time this really happened, uh, I was doing a mediumship reading and the spirit that was coming through me uh, or connecting with me she, she was telling me these things and I was telling the person, but I kept not quite getting it the way she wanted it. And so it was so interesting. She said, um, Jeanette, do you mind if I just come direct through you? And I was like, okay, like, what do you mean? She's like, can you just like move over a little bit and I'll just come direct through you? And so I remember saying to my client, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just going to channel this because she wants to speak directly. And it was essentially that I, that's where I learned you just move to the side. And then they come direct through you. And I had more of her like inflections, her cadence of speech, apparently her um, tone, not that my voice fully changed, but you could see, or you could hear apparently the similarities and it just came directly through. And so it's like, I was hearing it for the first time, the same time as my client was. And so it's this free flow thing. And I would say It varies how much I remember in detail of what is said in channeling, the higher the frequency of the being, the less that I remember in the moment. And the more that I'll need to go back and listen to get the full memory of it. Um, but if it's like a family member or friend that wishes to channel through, then I'm usually more able to kind of keep up with what's coming through.
0: So you also, so, so unlike a lot of channels that I know they channels, they're exclusive. They, Mm -hmm. uh, they're kind of like an exclusive. They're not dating. Uh, yeah. They they've married the 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 beings, uh, either group of beings or or being that they are channeling. But yeah. you are able to not only channel your group of of beings, but also as a almost like a next level medium. You don't translate. But am I In getting it right?
1: Yeah, but I'm very like I don't do. I don't allow a mediumship session to turn into a channel of that spirit often. That's probably been twice.
2: Oh, okay. Right. Okay. But
1: that's where I learned how to do it. But, um, with channeling, um, I am quite exclusive. There aren't many that I will channel.
0: But they're part uh, of, are they part of the, this, uh, the group that the, you call them the three guides of light?
1: And uh, the- they are the three guides of light is one of them, but there's also sometimes um, Sanat Kumara, who's like an ascended master, will sometimes come and channel through me too. It's mm-hmm. not as common, so my usual go-to would be uh, the three guides of the light. Got
0: gotcha. you. Okay, so, yeah. so when when you first channeled the guides, what was that like? Because it's a little bit different uh, than than yeah. having you know a relative going, can I just talk to yeah. <laughs> for a second, just I a know, second,
1: right? <laughs> just move over for a minute, just
0: a minute. It's um, just gonna be quicker this way. <laughs>
1: literally right (laughs) um no so the three guides of the light um so they are their light frequency and the reason why i say this is because that's very high vibratory so when they first came to me they showed me as three kind of shadowed or outlined figures uh that looked like the three or five pointed star human design right with lots of light behind them but when i then got to know them they're they were like you know we're not actual embodied beings. We're light consciousness. We just showed you that. So your brain would understand we're a collective of consciousness. And I was like, Oh, okay. So the reason why I say that is because that frequency, the body, the human physical body can only merge with that frequency for so long before it exhausts itself. Right? Like it's so high vibratory. It's like sprinting. You can only sustain a sprint for so long. You can train it to sprint longer, but you can only do it for so long. So when I first started channeling them, it was quite short. Um, and then it grew over time, but they're now I find when their energy comes in, it's like this kind of wash and merge with like warm water or like when you feel sunbeams on your face in the summer and you step out in the morning and you feel it just like wash your body. It's kind of like that.
2: Okay. All right.
0: So, so you're, you're living a fairly uh, interesting life at this point. Uh, yeah. You're doing, you're doing some good work. And then uh, you happen to have a near-death experience. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, because your life's not interesting enough, uh, yeah. so we need to throw this into the mix. Uh, how, uh, what, tell me about your near-death experience.
1: Yeah, so that was three years ago now. Oh, wow. And um, what's interesting is what led me to that was I used to have a lot of troubles with my menstrual cycle essentially I would hemorrhage every month. And so it was so severe that, you know, we couldn't fix it. We finally had to do surgery, essentially. That's to really make it a small short story. So we get to the point of surgery and there was something really interesting. And I mean, I wrote a book about it. So there's the whole story in there of how it led me to that moment. But what happened was, you know, going into the operating room, I had this amazing sense of excitement. And I've had surgery before and I'm not usually like excited and wanting to high five people, but like, I swear I could hear music in the background, or maybe I just felt music, but like excitement. And I remember when the anesthesiologist came to put me under, um, I felt like a kid who was waiting for the lifeguard to say, I could have my turn on the water slide. Right. Like, you know, when you're waiting there and you're like, come on, let me go, let me go. And it was so interesting because as soon as I was put under, I, uh, my grandmother, who was in spirit, came in and met me. And what was interesting is that when I started walking up this kind of like grassy hill where I could see the blades of grass at like in finite detail, if I wanted to or not, and the sky was like this most beautiful, amazing summer blue, I knew where I was. Like I knew exactly where I was. I knew I was on the other side and I knew this was vastly different from any other astral travel I had done or spirit communication. I mean, I've spent thousands of hours in readings talking to spirits about their transition, how they died, all of this, but none of that was the same as this, as being there. It's like feet on the ground, right? And so I walked up this, this hill with my grandmother and we came upon this like summer barbecue like atmosphere picnic kind of thing. And I could see the the red and white checkered tablecloths. And what I realized was there was all of these spirits from my life that had crossed over, but lifetimes before.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: And I knew them all and they were just walking up and I was giving them the best hugs that you can imagine. It's like when a toddler, I always say when a toddler throws themselves in your arms, you know, they're giving you all of their love. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's what the hugs on the other side felt like. And, and I got to spend the time reminiscing and, and talking to people from lifetimes before being like, what have you been up to? What's been going on? And, and so it felt like I spent hours there hours. And then after that, my grandmother took me to this separate place, kind of at the, what I call like the edge of the galaxy or where the edge of the universe where the universe is essentially creating itself. We were in this white room with this massive white boardroom table. And I had my council around me, my guides, we all have a group of guides or council and, and they rolled out on the table, these blueprints. And I was like, what? I'd always explained to people that our life was like a tapestry, right? And we like weave the weavings of fate and all this is a tapestry. But they rolled it out and showed it to me as blueprints. And I remembered looking at it thinking like, this looks like architect blueprints. Like, how cool is that? Right. And so when they rolled it out, I saw this massive um, line down the center and it still had this energy moving back and forth. this kind of iridescent energy that, you know, was like life force. And so my guides and I, we, we went through my life review up until that point, like where we were and we went through everything. And then there was a certain piece that was remaining. Now, the piece that was remaining was about six inches long in my memory, but I can't remember how long that is compared to what we reviewed before. Like one of my guide's shoulders is right in the way. So I don't know how long it is because of course I would measure to see, right? So we go through that. And so, sorry, once we hit that juncture of where we were right then, that's when they asked me if I wanted to stay or come back. And that's when I really realized the juncture point that I was at. I was like, wow. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I want to go back. And, um, so they said, you know, if you, if you go back, then you have the opportunity now with what's remaining of your life to change out different juncture points. And I was like, oh, and so they said, you will remember the first one, but you won't remember the others until they happen. And the first one, I remember it was like a fuse in a fuse box kind of thing. Like I was pulling out this fuse and I remember it was one of chronic illness because I'd always had something wrong, right? Growing up, I'd get sick easy, all this kind of stuff. And so I remember pulling it out and being like, are you sure I can do this? And they're like, yeah. And I put it down and I picked one of health and I like put it back in. And I remember kind of thinking like, we'll see you guys. We'll see. Right. (laughs) Cause I was so used to just being the one who was always sick. And so I changed a bunch of them, which really taught me the idea of how much we do design our life blueprint, right? That's our destiny piece. And so after I did that, they asked me again, do you want to stay? Like, are you sure you want to go or do you want to stay here? And that's when I had the opportunity to see my higher self, essentially separate from me, yet still the same as me. And I know that doesn't make sense really in our human terms, but on the other side, so many other things make sense. And when I got to see the value and the awe and wonder that my higher self had for the human experience, how much what we are all doing right now and the triumphs and the pitfalls and the struggles and the successes and everything in between, how valuable that is to the soul. I was like, wow. Yeah, I absolutely have to go back. And so that's when I had an understanding that um, my body had been weakened up to that point that if I decided to stay, I would have, they, it was basically like a light switch and it would have just been a switch essentially that would have had me code on the table in the operating room and just have a massive heart attack and not be revived. And so I was like, no, I'm going to go back. And so it was interesting because at that point, then everything, this next piece happened with this within a span of like three, four seconds, but I heard the nurse in the recovery room say, Jeanette, are you awake? And then I felt my spirit go like whoosh back into my body, but I could still feel my grandmother with me. But then my higher self came in so clear and I'm not clear after surgery. I'm quite the comic actually. And my higher self came in and said to the nurse with my eyes still closed, I was like, I need you to write something down. And the nurse stopped what she was doing. And she's like, okay, honey, what is it? And I was like, I need you to write down these four phrases. I'm a medium and they're very important. Then I need you to fold up the paper and put it in my hand. Like I gave her clear like instructions. And so she did. And so I wrote it down. I have it on my desk here. So this is the paper from surgery. And these words wouldn't really make sense to people. It, I mean, it's great Baba tree roots time to entwine. And it went far. So it doesn't really make sense to people. Baba was my grandmother. But what happened was my higher self caught the nurse before I had any pain meds put into my body, because my higher self knew that if I had pain meds, I would question all of it, right? Like I'm there's still a linear sense to me, right? So I, you know, I had that paper, I gave it to my mom. And uh, after I was in recovery, I was like, don't lose this paper. And then it was a couple days later when I had no more pain meds in my body, spirit was like, it's time for you to read the paper. And so I remember I unfolded it. I read those four statements and it just, everything flooded back to me. I already knew something significant happened. I had pieces of the memory, but these words triggered the whole experience. And I remember I sat that afternoon talking to my parents. I was like, guys, I have to tell you a story. And they were like, wow. And then I wrote my book, like it just all poured out. And so that's, that was my NDE in the best nutshell I could give you.
0: That is a, it's an amazing story. And <clears throat> what I find fascinating is uh, when you pulled out the uh, the fuse of health, of bad health and, and put in good health, and you're literally like, we'll see. Yeah. It's really fascinating to me because you're on the other side. It's not your first rodeo in the spirit world. And yet you're like, yeah, I don't believe this.
1: <laughs> right? I know because it was like, it honestly was a part of my identity. I realized, to be often ill. And so it took probably about a good year for me to actually trust that I was no longer that.
0: But did you have a life review or anything like that or no life review?
1: I did when we reviewed my blueprint, that Uh first part up until there, we reviewed all the things that I'd done up until that point.
0: So was your life review on the table or was it like that 360, looking at everything at the same time, feeling both sides of the interactions? How was it for you?
1: Mine was like, it was almost like um, I've seen many spirits explain exactly what you, you just explained. Mm -hmm. Mine though, interesting enough, was almost like having a parent teacher interview with my guides where we went over like the different events, how I did, what I thought about it, what they thought about it, what we could do different next time, you know, and like tie everything up into a nice bow. So like all of that to get me to where I could then decide what I thought I wanted to do.
0: And most, I mean, you're the first that said out uh, of I've, I've interviewed probably 20, 30 thirty uh, near-death experiencers that said, "No, I want to go back," like right away. Most yeah. say, "No, no, no, this feels way too good up here. I, why would I want to go back to that pain and that suffering and that all that kind of weirdness and the, the, the heaviness and all this kind of stuff?" You were the first to say, "No, no, I want to, I want to go back," which is which is interesting. But again, you're at a whole other. You know, you're playing on a, a, with a different set of rules, if you will, because of yeah. the abilities that you were given uh, so early on. Um, that's fascinating. When you came back, though, um, you said earlier that they said, OK, if you go back, you got to take this seriously or you got to you got to start yeah, doing this I for to real? Step
1: up. Yeah, that was that was my my promise to them, essentially, that I would not just kind of, you know, stay half in the closet, one foot out, maybe. Right. And just do it word of word of mouth that I had to start sharing my voice and what I know. Right. And I call it the sharing of stories. I think we can learn so much from hearing people's stories, their experience, right? Experience gives us wisdom. We can learn from other people's experiences. And so the deal was that I would step it up. And so I started my podcast and I started my YouTube channel and I started Avalon spirit and which is the the company. And I just started doing the things to create an opportunity for information for people to take it or leave it.
0: So I have to ask because uh, there's, you know, if if I had someone like you in the family, I'm assuming sometimes it could get abusive, meaning that. So um, can you talk to the guides or can you ask the medium? uh, Can you talk to grandma? Can I get grandma real quick? Uh, I mean, you're essentially a phone, a telephone, the direct line almost. Is that happen? I always wanted to know. Like, do your do your you have children, right? Do you have yeah. children? Yeah, your children, or husband, or family members, or friends are like, listen, I'm going through some something at work. Should I really fire this person, or should I, you know, <laughs> should I invest in Tesla? Yeah. Should I invest <laughs> <You're>, in Tesla?
1: <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so does um, that happen? Yeah, it does. It does. But I have to say, no one's like. No one's abusive about it, but it's really interesting. The point in which people, not everyone, but some people do turn to me. I'm like, Ooh, it must be pretty significant if they're asking my feelings on this. Right.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: So it's, it's funny, but I have to say, I'm, I'm really lucky that I have a lot of great supportive people. Um, and pretty non-intrusive people, but I mean, I, I would want to ask too, you should see how much I ask my guides, and they, they actually, they'll just silence it sometimes if I'm relying on them too much and I need to actually not be codependent. They'll be like, okay, zip. And they won't say much for a while until I kind of get on my own two feet again. So
0: you can't ask the guides. So Tesla, Amazon, Facebook, yeah. <laughs> which one, which Apple should Bitcoin? I buy Apple? I, is <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin a thing? Should I do this? gold? What should I buy?
1: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they will though. Sometimes they will give you insights. And then sometimes they're like, mm, this one's actually more of a life lesson for you. So what do you think? Right. You're going to dictate your destiny at this point. it's like, oh,
0: and you're just like a oh, son of a,
1: Come man, on, just
0: tell me what to do. It's like, yes. that's not the point of this. That's yeah. not the point of this. So, which brings us to an, another, uh, another question. What for people who don't understand, because I mean, you and I both have a different understanding of this, you know, from my experience of you know, interviewing, speaking to so many people on the show I have, I a, a, a think, an understanding of what, what we're here to do, why we're here, why there is pain, why is there suffering, all this kind of stuff. The, the, the question I always, or the comment I always hear on, uh, from people is like, if there's a God, how can he allow so much pain and suffering and war and all this kind of stuff? But if you look at it more from a macro sense of a soul's journey and the lessons that they have to learn, it makes sense. It's hard to understand it from our perspective, but very easily understand it from the the top's perspective. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, hmm, that's a great question. Earth life is very dense. Um, It's dense energetically. It's also very emotional. We have like heightened emotions here. So As much as we feel the highs, we also feel the lows, but we need the lows to recognize the highs. It's all part of the learning of earth life. So when we decide as a soul, we want to come to earth, we're coming essentially to like earth school. And I love whoever coined that was right on the money because it is earth school. Not all learning is easy. And one of the biggest things that I understood from my experiences was that we come here to learn conscious choice to master the understanding of conscious choice, which so many of us miss. We want someone else to tell us what to do, even spirit to tell us what to do. What should I do here? What do I do here? And what we're coming here to do is to learn through not always knowing and meandering through the mud to get to the surface through our choices. And so when we add consciousness to those choices is when we really get to grow and evolve as a soul. What do I want to do in this moment? What feels right for me? And why is that right? When we start actually asking those questions and actually following through on them, we become so much more high vibratory in our frequency, which Mm -hmm. then helps us ascend and grow. Right. And that's really what we're wanting to do. So one is conscious choice. And the other one is the, um, the gaining of wisdom through experience, right? We gain great wisdom when we go through challenging things right? And then in retrospect, that experience gives us so much more, the more we ponder different angles of that experience, right? So I think for me, anyway, my understanding is that those are the two heavy hitters of why we come here.
0: And uh, from from my point of view, from where I come from, which is the film industry and storytelling and movies and things like that, when you're writing a script, uh, it's kind of like writing the blueprint of uh, your soul, which is like, okay, so I... I need to give this character some adversity if not the story is boring yeah. and they don't grow. Cause if they're the same person as they were from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, it's not a good movie. They have to, you know, you have to change. The main character has to change. You know, Luke Skywalker becomes a Jedi Knight. He's not a farm boy anymore. There's, and, and they yeah. went through all sorts of things. So it's kind of like you have to have those obstacles in your life in order to grow, and evolve as a mm-hmm. as a person in as a character in a movie it's which is kind of similar to what we're going through in this dr- grand movie that we're all in
1: mm-hmm. and you know to speak that to that even one step further i've talked to many different souls too that actually came in for human experience of what is called a resting lifetime where Vacation. they're the ones that yeah right they're mm-hmm. the ones that come in for like They'll live till they're 95 and they smoke and drink and run marathons and they have lots of money and they're happily married and they're or whatever brings them happiness. Um, and then they die in their sleep and that's it, right? So it, those souls will be like, you know what? I had a great time. I My soul wanted an opportunity to rest and experience the goodness of this because do you know, I had four or five lifetimes in a row that were really hard on earth. I just wanted to experience the opposite. And so they'll do that, but they're like, I didn't gain a lot of wisdom though, that lifetime, but that's okay. Right. So it's kind of like, if we're going to do something, how involved do we want to get into it? Right. Like, are we going to, are we like, okay, I'll take this and this and this and this, because I might as well get it all done at one time. Right. And that's what a lot of us have done. And so that's why a lot of us have experienced a lot of adversity in our experience here, because we're like, if I'm going there, I'm going to get it done. So that maybe either I don't have to go back or I can make a big difference, but like we're getting in, let's get in and get dirty.
0: Right. And that's a great analogy. And I love and I've heard the concept of the vacation lifetime multiple Mm -hmm. times where it makes sense because there's some people like they're born into billionaires. They have no worries. (laughs) They just it's just they're basically gluttony throughout their throughout their life. Yeah. You wonder, like. She smoked a pack every day for 60 years and died at 95 in her bed sleeping. You're like, yeah. how is that fair? Like how did yeah. the- she smoke? She drank, she, you know, she, she mainlined pork grease. Like it's
1: <laughs> <I> <laughs> totally. Mean- and here we are with like vitamins and air filters and like barely crawling by, right? <laughs> right,
0: exactly. It's just fascinating because you yeah. there are those people. I saw a documentary years ago of old like sanitarians. And there was this old guy in England who drank every day and smoked? He was 106. And he was drinking and smoking, just walking around London yeah. like it was nothing. And when they interviewed him, he's like, Don't do what I do. <laughs> and he's just smoking, he said, you'll die if you do what I do. And he and he just did his thing. And I was just like, how is like, is that genetics? like, like no, it's a vacation lifetime.
1: Yeah, literally. Yeah, it is right there. Right there. That's a perfect example of it. Yeah.
0: Um. So there's so many crazy things happening in life right now, Jeanette. Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, we like you've mentioned before, we are in this kind of moment of great ascension, uh, and great awakening. And when there is that kind of awakening, there has to be a little bit of chaos to kind of get it into the light so it can be healed and and move forward. Can you talk a little bit about what your guides have told you about what is happening right now and mm-hmm. what we can expect in the future. Cause from what I hear, it's not going to, it's going to get a little worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're not out of the woods just yet. That's what I hear from other people I've spoken to, but I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah. So if I go back to starting in 2020, okay. that I'm going to start with these four years and then move from that. So the four years, that we're in right now 2020 to 2024 um like i said is a hundred years worth of intellectual and spiritual growth and awakening condensed into four years and so what we saw it's kind of in the shape of a U, because it's like humanity as a collective needed to do a u-turn and get back to goodness because it was going the wrong way so the first half of that was like the downwards part of the U, which was essentially massive crumblings total chaos and we all felt like we were tumbling down a mountain just like snowballing, losing all of our stuff, yard sailing, everything on us to finally kind of hit a bottom. And then it was kind of moving through the unknown of this bottom part of the U, but now we're in the upward swing. Now I want to say the upward swing is more like an uphill hike versus, you know, gently trotting up a hill. Like we're into what I call the dark forest right now this is how my guide showed it to me. And they were like, for people that have been doing the work, digging into their traumas, healing their past, uh, you know, healing their bodies, getting touch with their soul, thinking outside the box, whatever your pathway is, there isn't one right or wrong pathway, but it's about getting to know self and becoming better because of that. So for those that have been doing the work, that's like the same as Packing a really good backpack full of good tools, sleeping bags, extra clothes, extra food, as you step in with a flashlight to the dark forest, right? Those that haven't done the work are walking into the forest with a t-shirt and matches and it's going to rain. And a dream. And a dream. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So we're stepping into this dark forest right now. And I say dark because it's, you know, there's still a lot of stuff shrouding our understandings of where it's going but we are moving uphill.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: And so if we can, if we keep coming back to that, remember to pace ourselves, to rest when we need, to, you know, rehydrate, meaning rebalance our energies when we need, remember we have a flashlight, remember we have the tools, we don't need to be afraid of the unknown, we can actually make a real impact as we move up that hill, right? And we can also be beacons of light for other people. So we're stepping into that. So what that means is under the surface, there are more things falling into place that need to fall into place with a lot of the things that have crumbled, but we're still gonna see with that under the surface part, it still has to finish pushing up, right? And the crumbling that we've seen, we still have to crumble now those kind of foundational layers. So that takes a little bit more work. So it's not done yet. So we're stepping into having more humanity actually awaken than I think we realize. Um, some people might say I'm overly positive, but honestly that's the vibe that I feel. I feel such brightness under the surface. I really do. So we're stepping into more awakening than we realize there's still a bit more crumbling that has to happen, but the more that we embody who we are, The more come 2024, 2025, although there's going to be still probably more strife and oppositional frequencies, um, we're also going to be having this big growth of embodied partnerships. That's not just in relationships, but all of the healing that many people have done individually will now have a steady frequency that they can pair and merge with others, whether that be personal relationships, community, social relationships. even government, I'm going to go as far as say even potentials in government to actually be governing in a way that benefits the greater collective. Stop it. But Stop I know. Stop right? it. Gosh, come on! <laughs> don't be positive. Um, I don't see this happening overnight, though. So you know, up until 2030, we still have a lot of hard work to do. But what we need to do is those that are you know, really standing true in themselves and feeling their frequency, they need to stay solid in staying who they are because that frequency helps others find that solidness in themselves. And every single change starts with the individual. So the more that we really realize that and anchor who we are, the more we're gonna create this beautiful ripple effect that is gonna to help to raise the garbage to let the goodness come through.
0: So what you're telling us is gonna be a hell of a decade.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> epic. Epic, but a lot of the massive crumblings uh, have happened. It doesn't mean that there won't be more, but I I feel like a lot of the massive crumblings, crumblings have happened.
0: Yeah, it, just, it seems like there's a lot of old systems that need to be brought down so the new ones can be rebuilt up around. And the pandemic yeah. was the first thing that, that was yes. the first shot across the bow, as they say. Yeah. Um, it really helped a lot of us reevaluate our lives. Help- yeah. I mean it's massive change
1: yeah
0: we're still we're still underemployed people are just like no I don't want to work like that if you're gonna make it's fascinating it's I always people are like oh we don't have enough staff I'm like where are all the people that used to work like what are they doing Mm -hmm. now like Mm -hmm. how are they making a living I don't understand like I I get you don't want to do this gig anymore but yeah how are you surviving you just can't be at home no one's paying you to just be at home right now just but people are making changes um
1: you know and what my guides are showing me right now too they're saying mention eyes opened and so what they're getting at is like a lot of what has happened has allowed many people to open their eyes mm -hmm. to either think outside the box or look outside the box Mm -hmm. at what actually is maybe reality or what can be reality. Again, it's not such a linear way of thinking now, we're expanding into higher consciousness. So mm-hmm. eyes are being opened forcibly.
0: Now, you, uh, you've you mentioned your guides. Is there anything that the guides specifically wanna tell our audience right now about any messages they might have, anything like that? D- yeah. Do they wanna come in through you or channel through you or just mention it? However they wanna get the message through, I'm just curious if they have anything to say.
1: However it works. Uh, let me just tune into them. Just give me one moment here. Let me Sure. Okay. I'm going to let them just come straight through. Okay. We're really grateful for this opportunity to connect with you all today and share messages of consciousness. Our advice to you now is to look at the unfoldings on your planet in layers, see them as layers Because when you do this, it is less overwhelming. The human consciousness often gets overwhelmed easily when emotions get involved. Therefore, if you see it in layers, you can see the unfolding and the growth in steps. This is our recommendation for you. As each layer comes off, it allows new skin to be shown, to be seen, to be understood. This way, you will not be overwhelmed. We also wish to share with you the value of number patterns right now. We've been bringing through, as have many spirits, been bringing through repeated number patterns to help you move forward in your journey, as well as to feel supported. Any repeating number patterns that you are seeing right now are bringing messages of encouragement or things that may be unfolding for you. Again, this is one of the easiest ways for us to come through with a simple message. Lastly, we ask that you ground into the beautiful consciousness of your planet. Many don't realize the frequency that Mother Earth holds. Gaia, her energy, is a force for you. A force of grounding, of steadiness, of peace. Her frequency is 5D already. You can draw from her energy at any time. Simply pause, place your intention to focus in with her. Spending time near the water's edge or in the forests, Mountaintops. Anywhere in which you feel expansive allows you the opportunity to connect with Gaia and ground and recenter your energy there. This is also one of your greatest gifts, but many seem to miss. That was an abrupt ending on their part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm out. And
1: out. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> That's
0: funny. That's fine. Uh, thank you so much for that. That was. it's just you know. I I felt something uh, yeah. while we were talking about that. It was. It, it, it's. It's fascinating. Anytime I feel. Anytime I see it uh, or have a channel on the on the show and they and they bless us with a channel like a channeling session like on the show, it's really interesting. People in the comments are like, "Oh my god, I got the chills!" Oh my god, like it just it just and it lives mm-hmm. in the it lives in the recording. The energy, yeah. the vibration lives in the recording. Just oh, fascinating.
1: Absolutely absolutely and and I I love that they brought up the three random things too <laughs> again of course yeah. <laughs> of course
0: no that was that was beautiful um and I love what they said about you know just go into nature this is something I, I I would love to hear your thoughts on as well the, people don't understand the power of just walking in nature the energy of just walking around at a park um, or going hiking, or just being around trees, or just you know going to the ocean.
2: I think the ocean
0: is the—at least for me—it's always been the the biggest energy. You could feel the energy coming off because it's so massive, and and all that mm-hmm. energy from the waves and stuff. There, there is, and there is some science based on what is going on at the beach as well. Can you explain to people what a healing effect, how important it is? to be in nature more and more as as we move forward?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we really are undervaluing the energetics and consciousness in the elements. We just see them as an element, like a thing, but we don't realize there's a consciousness in it. And I mean, if we use water, for example, I actually just last week did a podcast with a fabulous lady about the consciousness of water. Mm -hmm. And we dove into that whole idea. And if Many of your viewers, I would imagine, have heard of even Dr. Masaru Emoto, right? Messages in water. Mm -hmm. So if we think of water alone, how water moves through all things, like water moves through people, trees, mountains, the atmosphere comes back down. Like it has been moving through all things forever. It's fascinating. And water has the ability to, um, you know, take in frequencies. So water alone is a massively healing frequency informative frequency uh mind-bending frequency like that's why oceans and lakes and rivers are so powerful right so even if we then take the element of water and the element of land where we merge right where water merges with land if you're walking on that water's edge like and you tune into those two frequencies that will alone amplify your healing ability as well as your intuitive spirit connection just Mm -hmm. by tuning into the frequency. And then if we go to the understandings of trees, I mean, trees forests alone are this amazing network library type thing. And spirit one time said to me, they're like, if you guys only realize the amount of knowledge embedded energetically in trees, every tree would be like a Google page.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show
1: And when you connect into that frequency it's like downloading that information and it's all connected in by the mycelium underground right so it's this like internet like network of consciousness and information uh, through the forest so like we're walking around on earth all the time not realizing the magnitude of frequencies available to us so when we tune into that without having to understand it, but we just tune into the energy of it, it can be amplifying, cleansing, healing, and inspiring.
0: Don't get me started on fungus yeah, uh, or right? mushroom. Don't get yeah. me started on fungi or mushrooms, boy, because that they, I, I, that's my new fascination. After I started learning more about what they do, they are respond. They, from what I understand from one of the experts in the, and people are like, mushrooms, wait a minute, stay, 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 stay with us for a second that we have more in common genetically with mushrooms than almost any other being on on the planet mm-hmm. which is and i might be misquoting something along that but we have a, a deep connection to mushrooms and and to fungi and what they do underneath the soil and what they how they connect and it's like it's it's just i mean it's just watch the the fabulous fungi yeah,
1: that's a great show
0: oh what a great and then there's a new yeah. one on netflix i forgot where they um it's a four-part series about when they go to psilocybin peyote oh, um that other one md4 or i forgot what the other one is and uh ayahuasca and mm-hmm. they just go into all of those different um uh, which most of those are based out of mushroom two of them are mushrooms uh but what what the science is behind them, what they do to your mind. It's, it just gets fascinating. I've been fascinated yeah. with psilocybin. I haven't taken any of it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd do well on it, but from what I hear from people who do talk about going on trips, yeah. Ram Das was one of them uh, that it pales in comparison to when you meditate at a high level, because it's kind of like a, you're like sneaking in the back door for Mm -hmm. a quick second with psilocybin. Mm -hmm. And the glimpse that you get is just like, oh my God. But when you are able to live there, Mm -hmm. which is like the Maharishi and and, and those kind of ascended masters uh, or living masters were able to do, it's Mm -hmm. a whole other experience, which I also want to ask you, do you meditate?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what is a, so I I meditate, I'm a very heavy meditator. I do two, three hours a day. And what I know what it's like for me what is it like for you (laughs) because you are connected to spirit so much and you channel and like, what is a meditation session like that for you? And how long have you been doing it?
1: So I have been meditating hmm, probably since my twenties. Right. So not that long ago,
0: obviously like, like, yeah, like obviously like yesterday.
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I've been meditating for a long time. Um, Now, what it looks like for me is so vast and varied. So I actually, I love that you asked that question because there is not one way to meditate, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's walking, meditation, sitting, you know, chanting. There's so many ways to meditate, painting, playing music. For me, it really depends. It depends on, am I meditating for work? Am I meditating to download some information? Does spirit need to have a meeting with me? And then I sometimes go to a different astral plane to connect with them. Uh, When I do my own meditation to just tune in and, you know, not do anything, I go to this most beautiful tropical beach and it's got purple skies and it's kind of like the sunset. And I walk along the water's edge there. And I just, I go and I'm so fully there that I can hear the water and I can feel the breeze and all of that. And to me, That is my most peaceful meditative state. A lot of the other ones are like deep journeys of traveling through time and space here, or you know, astral projecting here, or downloads, like I said. So it's very varied, but my favorite is that beach.
0: Very, very cool. Yeah, it's pretty powerful when you start meditating like that. When you get, have you been surprised by certain messages you've gotten? They're like, Oh, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, all the yeah. time.
1: <laughs> Definitely. You know, one of the funniest things I was uh, one time in this really deep meditative um, process, and it was actually like a spiritual hypnosis. So that's like that's a really neat pathway for some people if they find they can't meditate. Having someone regress you in spiritual hypnosis is a great way to get into it. So when I do when I do that, I go really far. And so what was funny is we were. You know, in the midst of chatting about something, and I was like, "I need to go to the washroom." <laughs> right. So the lady I was with, she's like, "All right, so I'll just pull you out just enough so you can go to the washroom, and then come back, and we'll jump right back in, right?" And so I, I get up and my I have like one eye open, and I go to the washroom, and I'm there, and all of a sudden I'm like, I have my eyes closed, and I'm flying through time and space, like you know the visions of Star Trek when the stars sure, are like sure, this, sure, sure. and I was like, "Wow, am I ever?" far I was like okay I gotta finish up and get back right so I I get back and and I lay back down and I'm we're trying to get back into it and in my vision there's these um higher beings these alien like beings higher consciousness beings and they're like this in front of my vision right they're looking at me and there's two different ones and they're like I was like what are you doing here excuse me I'm doing some work and they're like well, what were you doing? I was like, what do you mean? What was I doing? They're like, we don't often see people go out that far. What are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just doing a regression here. Can you, do you need anything? They're like, no, we were just checking on you to make sure that like you weren't in the wrong place. And I'm like, no, we're good. And then we, we parted ways, but it was so funny. They literally wow. stepped in. And we're like, Hey, what are you doing? What, what are you doing over here? Cause of how far I went. That's
0: funny. Yeah, that yeah, because you have you you basically went to the other side of the universe, if you will. And they're like, you you yeah. don't have a pass to get in here. You're backstage. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, they're ba- like, we need to check on that.
0: Can we can we see some ID? You're not supposed to be here.
1: <laughs> funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's it's interesting that way. Like, spirit isn't always, um, you know, floating and divine and all of this. It can also be funny, and it can also yeah. be like. Stumbling up on something and being and being like, oops, wrong way, sorry, going this way. Like it, it's, it's all of things, and that's why I love it. Yeah, that's truly why I love it.
0: There was a story I heard the other day. I was talking to a channeler, uh, who has the ability to see angels, and she was like, I see them everywhere, but they never look at me. They never acknowledge I'm even around. Uh, I'm not sure if that goes with you as well, but she was. There was one day she was in traffic. She's a funny story I have to tell it. She was in traffic, and there was this guy just honking and was like, get out of the way. What's going on? And she's sitting next to him and like looking over, and she sees the angel in the passenger seat. And the angels are apparently very large, so he's like crunched in down there like this. Yeah. And and then she's he just keeps you move and cursing and all that. And all of a sudden, the angel just turns to her and goes, No way. (laughs) Just is like. He's my guy. And just
1: <laughs> just dropped off and she oh could not God. stop laughing. So there is a sense
0: of humor on the other side.
1: There is. They I mean, they really love it. They love to laugh.
0: I mean, well, Robin Williams is on the other side, so there's obviously a sense of humor
1: on the other obviously. side. Obviously. Yes, obviously. Um
0: yeah. now I'm going to ask you a few questions ask all my guests. Uh, yeah. what is your definition of living a good life?
1: Oh, living a good life. Um I would say that's like feeling in flow, like there being no right or wrong, but I think like life feels really good to me when I'm in flow, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be flow with my kids, flow with my work, flow with, you know, my own activities, like that feeling that that's a good life.
0: Uh, How do you define God?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. God is, um, kind of this energy that permeates all things it's this energy we try to quantify it with a word love comes closest creation but it's like a source energy that moves through all things and we really only understand a drop in the bucket of it but it is vast and revealing and all-encompassing and I think when we have those moments we really get to experience it We would say it's love.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
0: And what is the ultimate purpose of life?
1: Ultimate purpose to experience, really, to gain experiences. And we get to choose whether those experiences in our minds were good or bad. And I mean, in what we take from it, we can have a horrible experience, but it can be one of our most beautiful life-changing moments where we're like, wow, I'm glad that happened because I would have never, you know, gotten to this or that. So we have the opportunity to change the narrative of an experience. Um, and I, I know that's general and there are some that are just harsh. So I'm going to say this is a general statement, but I would say it's it's experiences, gaining everything we can from them
0: and one question that popped into my head while the, while we were answering these you mentioned an ascended master before that channels through you every once in a while
2: mm-hmm.
0: can you explain to the audience what an ascended master is because a lot of people might not understand what an ascended master is and ascended masters come from every walk of life every culture every quote unquote religion but what is an ascended master
1: so as i've come to understand it is they are souls that have spent a lot of time on earth, uh, that have gotten to the point where they no longer need to reincarnate. There's no, um, purpose for them to embody again. I mean, unless they wanted to, for whatever reason, but they have gained so much experience that they're very beneficial in helping us here. So they have a great purpose in helping humanity, but they have grown through the ranks essentially of humanity. So they are ascended they are they are ascended souls into mastery form where they're kind of at that master teacher level.
0: so the Buddhas, the Jesuses, yeah. the the Mohammeds, yeah. the Yoganandas, these kind of people yeah. uh, who were able to ascend, as they say ascend yeah. uh, ascended masters. or right, I just wanted to clarify that for people who aren't listening. And where can people find out more about you, where they can get your book and and the things that you're doing?
1: Yeah. so uh, my website is Avalon Spirit. Um, and that kind of has the, that has kind of everything on it, but I also have the Jeanette Biro podcast and my, you know, my social media handles and YouTube, I put a lot of videos on YouTube is uh, Jeanette Biro medium. So I do, you know, kind of daily card readings there. I do videos of, Hey, did you know about spirit or what are angels, you know, like common questions and sharing and post a podcast there as well. So, and my book, of course, uh, people can find that on Amazon.
0: Helped. Jeanette, thank you so much for coming on the show it's been such a pleasure talking to you it's been so much fun thank you for the three uh the three, three, three beams guides of li- light three guides of light I, can think- <laughs> I don't know why i can't say the three that's guides okay. of light for for coming in and dropping the mic as they did uh and uh thank you so much for the work that you've been doing and helping helping us all and uh, helping humanity hopefully uh, grow a little bit and, and get out of the mess that we're in
1: that's awesome well thank you so much it's been so much fun this has been great
0: I want to thank Jeanette for coming on the show And sharing her journey with all of us If you want to get links to anything we spoke about In this episode Head over to the show notes At nextlevelsoul.com Forward slash 154 And if you've only been listening to this Over podcast And you want to watch these amazing conversations Please subscribe to our YouTube channel At nextlevelsoul.com Forward slash YouTube Thank you so much for listening And remember Trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.